Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be with you. If it's the first time you've ever come to this podcast, please hit subscribe. You can get it on iTunes and you can get it via the TalkSport website. You'll never miss out on any of our content. Now, this podcast that you're listening to is actually the second podcast that is available from The Weekend's Show. There's one available with all our boxing guests, which features Demetrius Andrade and Josh Taylor and Joshua Boazzi. Go and get stuck into that. But this one is catering for mixed martial arts because the only UK UFC world champion is Michael Bisping. He is a UFC Hall of Famer and he's coming to the UK in October to deliver some dates for you. You can see him up close and personal with Tales from the Octagon, an evening with Michael Bisping uh, in London, Birmingham, Manchester and Glasgow. Tickets are available at myticket.co.uk. He was a guest on our show at the weekend and we thought that we'd give him an extra special on his own podcast because we spoke about some of his life story and we spoke about some of his thoughts on current mixed martial arts and current situations in the UFC. Let's get stuck in, shall we, with the count. guys who turn down fights every day here. Some I'm very public about and some I'm not. Bisbing does not turn down fights. Same OG, but I've been low key, hated on by 
let's go right back to the start of this career then, uh, Mike. Let's let's talk about how this all started for you. When in in the modern day now, as kids are starting going to various gyms up and down the world and, and dojos and what have you, and learning martial arts, and now obviously training mixed martial arts as a more rounded thing. When you started, obviously it wasn't necessarily mixed martial arts. It was a, it was a particular martial art that you went into. So, given the career that you've had, and obviously becoming the only guy from the UK right now as a, as a UFC world champion, right at the start, what was the goal and ambition when you started martial arts? So, I left school at 16 years old, and as I say, I apologise for these acoustics, I can hear the echo, hold on, let me move over here, as I say. Uh, so, I left school at 16, right? I didn't have any kind of uh, qualifications, if you will. Now... When I started getting involved in mixed martial arts, the goal was to earn enough money to be able to quit work, to go to college and be able to, you know, get a proper trade or a job or a degree or something, something that would earn me a decent living without going out there and breaking my back for 14 hours a day for minimum wage. So essentially that was the goal. I'm very, very happy and fortunate to say that I surpassed those goals, but uh, <laughs> I'm still only 42. You never know where the future is going to take me. Well, uh, given given that then, as, as as the starting point, and then you go on this magical ride of obviously Cage Rage and various other things from uh, from a British and European uh, franchise point of view, you end up in tough, you win tough, and then you start this uh, this road with the, with the UFC. When you get, at what point at what point then, given what you've just said there, do you start to think I want to become the champion of the world at this? What a huge huge victory for Michael Bisping. 26th UFC fight, first title shot. He said that was easy. Wow. Winner in round one. He just said that was the easiest fight of my life and held up his mouthpiece. Incredible. Just incredible. Congratulations, Michael Bisping. We want to talk about a guy earning his way to a title. He did it, and he did it the hard way. And he's the new middleweight champion of the world. Well. Trying to be successful in mixed martial arts or any kind of endeavor, certainly in boxing, uh, sorry, combat sports, if you're the champion, then you're the most successful that you can be. So I always wanted to be the champion, but that was never because of an ego thing. It's not because I wanted to say I'm the best, it's because I always wanted to give my wife and my children the best life possible. And the more successful I was in combat sports, then obviously the better life I could give them. And as I said a moment ago, nothing is more successful than being champion of the world. Now, of course, that said, you know, when you're in the UFC, you're fighting the best guys in the world. And there were certainly times there where I thought that, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to become champion, but I'm still happy that I'm making a good living. And, you know, around 2016, well, 2013, I lost an eye, but I continued fighting. And, you know, around 2015, 16, I thought, okay, I'm getting close to being done. I fought Anderson Silver in London. Yeah. And I looked at that as my world title fight. I looked at that as my retirement fight in many, many ways. Uh, but I was lucky to a certain degree. I beat Anderson Silva, and unfortunately, I got a chance to fight for the belt in my very next fight, and, and I became the champ, and the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, come on. Any young guy like me, any kid that gets into martial arts or kid that gets into boxing or whatever, of course they dream of being champion of the world one day. But you've got to be realistic at the same time. Michael, when you, it's a pleasure to have you on, by the way. Um, when you were sleeping in your car outside the gym, working in the slaughterhouse, as you once did, selling Bibles door to door, that's a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but, you, but you've got it a vodka is. in your hand and you're at a party. 
I think you did sell something door to door, but I can't remember what it was. Um, double glazing. There, there you, you go. go. Double, but, but Bible sounds better, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that it wasn't until you went on the Ultimate Fighter that we really saw that there's this very special talent who, if you stick him in a house with yeah. 15, 16 other guys, he's going to dominate everyone. I mean, you broke everyone mentally while you were in there. Yeah. What would you do now, given the, or what would you tell young people who have exactly the same verve and vim and vigor that, that, that you had to be a world champion? Gyms are more evolved in America. They're more evolved here. What would you tell people now to start out on that journey? Should they go to America early? Should they give up their, their, their education start at 16? What would you advise? Because there's people listening to you right now who want to do exactly that. Okay, well, there's people listening to me right now that want to do that. I would say, don't be drinking the vodka that I am. <laughs> That's the first See, thing. He is a comedian. But I, but, oh, but yeah. I, I am at a birthday party. The next one, there's quite the party going on in there. They're playing family <laughs> fortunes. They're doing all kinds of stuff. I'm making a fool out of myself, but I'd rather be talking to you. So first of all, cut down on the booze. Um, listen, I, I would say, um, well, first of all, don't give up on the education. That's one of my biggest regrets in life. I left school at 16. I thought I had it all figured out. I thought I was the man. I thought I was the smart guy. You know, and of course, as you get older, you realize that that's a mistake. So don't give up on your education. Um, but, but I would say to anybody now, and this sounds a little arrogant to say, but it's, it's true. If I could do it then and become champion of the world and turn this into a success, which you know, with, with, with as being as humble as I can, I have turned it into a success. I have turned my life around. I Absolutely. am living what I would perceive as a dream when I was a kid. Uh, so I, I would say to anybody, you know, go for it and, and believe in yourself and never give up. And even though, you know, there, there will be dark days, it is a tough sport, you know. But fortunately, in mixed martial arts, just because you lose a fight or even maybe two here and there, Unlike boxing, that's not the end of your career. So as my book said, the title of the book, Quit is Never Win. It's absolutely true. Don't give up. If you believe you can do it, go for it. Now, it's hard. You know, you've got to make sacrifices. I used to sleep in my car. I was bloody homeless. I was broke. My first professional fight, I was paid zero pounds. Mm. Absolutely nothing for it. But it's it was a means to an end. It was the beginning of something. And, and if you have that single-minded drive, and that ambition that I did, trust me, I was nothing special. I was the last to be picked on the football team when I was a kid. I was never a gifted athlete. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest. But because of my background, I always had a will to make something more of my life. So I always worked hard. So if you're not afraid of a bit of hard work, anybody listening to this that wants to turn their life around, get off your backside and go for it. Because if, you, if you've got the work ethic, that's... I would say 75% of the battle because a lot of people don't want to get off their backside and do the hard work. I think you're bang on. And as you've just pointed there, there's going to be dark times. There's going to be things that come along that, ch that challenge you. Uh, I know that you're living with the repercussions of obviously a sensational career now. I know that you've obviously had your knees done. You have suffered with your neck and various other things that you're current currently seeing the doctor with and what have you. But you brushed over it a moment or two ago where you were talking about losing an eye and you fought on. Um, 
just talk to me about that because that's 2013. Obviously, 2016 is the is the fantastic year where you do end up becoming champion. But 2013, that must have been a really challenging time, Mike, where you're obviously talking to the wife, talking to the kids, and, and what have you. You didn't obviously make it a public thing for everybody. It was more of an internal thing for your nearest and dearest. How close did you come to calling it time at that point? Yeah, so obviously I detached my retina, then it redetached, then I got glaucoma. So I had I had I had a lot of bad luck with the eye. Okay, so I ended up going blind in my right eye, and I would go see this doctor time after time after time, almost every week. I would do the hour long drive there to see the guy, and there would be no change. And I was always so hopeful that I w- would be able to fight. And I remember after my last surgery, Dana White called me the next day and he said, "Have you spoken to your doctor, Mike?" And I said, "No." He said, "Well, I have." And I said, well, go on. And he said, you're never going to fight again. And I was almost crying. You know, I was fighting back the tears. I was in front of my children. They were in the back of the car. I was driving along and I was, I was very emotional, you know. And obviously, I got into this for financial security. And we were yeah. far from financially secured at that time. So I never gave up hope. And I kept going back to the doctor. And I remember one week, my doctor wasn't there. And there was a different doctor. And, and he could see the desperation on my face. And, and I was like, please, doc, when can I fight again? And the doc, he was on like a, one of those chairs on wheels and he scoots over to me on his chair and he says, and I'll never forget this. And this gives me chills whenever I say it. He says, Michael, my dad always told me there's two types of men in the jungle. The first type of man three, swings through the jungle on a vine and they wait until they have hold of another one before they let go. I said, okay. He said, the second type of man swings through the jungle on a vine and then they let go and they hope that they catch another vine. He said, something tells me you're that second type of man, Michael. Wow. I said, I am, doctor. I am. I said, I'll do anything. <laughs> he said, okay, you call the UFC and you book a fight and we'll figure it out and we'll make it happen. And I walked out of there and I was so happy. I was over the moon because it meant I could fight again. And it meant I could support my family and chase my dreams and my goals and everything that I'd done so far. Uh, of course, you know, that I wasn't up to fighting and it was... There was a lot of lies told by myself. I had to cheat commissions. I had to cheat doctors all over the world because I still fought in Australia. I fought in yeah. China. I fought in Canada. I fought in America. I fought in Brazil. You know, so you see all these different doctors. So it was a lie. There was a lot of wearing sunglasses. There was, you know, I, trust me, I'm from Clitheroe. I don't walk around wearing sunglasses <laughs> most of the time. Do you know what I mean? Everybody thought I turned into like, I don't know. Showbiz, man. You've got showbiz yeah, on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm only wearing sunglasses because I've got a messed up eye. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, but hey, listen, regardless, I got the job done. I won the belt. You know, I made some money and uh, I, 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 I had a great time. I had a lot of great memories. You'll always be Clitheroe's most famous DJ because I've got two of you. You're both DJs. I'm not Clitheroe. I'm not Clitheroe. No, I'm no, not, I... <laughs> no, but he is. He's, he's Clitheroe's yeah, most yeah. famous oh, DJ ever. Um. If you had a highlight to tell your grandchildren um, and your son is enormous already in his early 20s and I no doubt you'll tell us whether he's going to be a fighter or not. I know he's a brilliant wrestler already. Would you pick the victory over Anderson Silva on an incredible night? Crowd getting behind their home fighter here at the O2 Arena. John Gooden in commentary with Dan Hardy. Absolute honour to be calling this battle. Or would you pick winning the belt and then defending it and avenging defeat to Dan Henderson? One or the other as your best moment to tell your grandchildren. And still, the 
Well, first of all, one of the proudest things that I can say is that my son is a tremendous wrestler and he's actually flying to London or England, sorry, pardon me, been in America too long. Uh, He's flying to England in August to uh, try out for the Commonwealth Games team. So hopefully he's going to be representing England at the Birmingham Commonwealth Games in 2022 and then hopefully 2024 in France, he'll be on the Olympic team. And that will far by exceed anything of my own personal accomplishments. Um, But to answer your question, Gareth, I mean, yeah, beating Anderson Silva was great. Winning the belt was amazing. But bringing the belt back to Manchester, fighting at UFC 204, the Manchester Evening News Arena, taking on Dan Henderson, at a fight that was on at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was terrified. I, I, I was so terrified. I thought people aren't going to come and watch a fight at five o'clock in the morning. But of course, the people of the UK, they never let me down. Never once. They always supported me. And I'll take that to my grave. That's why after every fight, I very emotionally always thank the UK people. Listen, I'm just an average lad. I left school at 16. I come from Clitheroe. Do you know what I mean? I've been an idiot at times. I've said dumb things. But the people of the UK always got behind me and they always showed so much passion. So for me, yeah, bringing that bell back to Manchester after all those years, after all those ups and downs, losing an eye, having bad knees and and, and just going through so much turmoil, you know, that, that you'll never know. Obviously, being a fighter is a tough business, but... The, the things that fighters go through behind closed doors that people don't know about, it's, it's you know, it, it's a tough, tough business. But to bring that belt back to Manchester, it made it all worth it. of retired fighters making comebacks uh, because one of your old adversaries Anderson uh, is uh, maybe not coming back in mixed martial arts he's having a go at the world of boxing we're hearing obviously that he's supposed to be having a knock with uh, Chavez Jr. at some point um, what, what is your take on it all? I read a story a couple of weeks ago that the Jake Paul lot maybe had a conversation with you um, what's your take on, on retired fighters coming out of retirement and having a little bit of a go uh, in the 40s and 50s? Okay, so, I mean, yeah, Jay Paul's team did make me an offer, which I, I, I didn't seriously entertain. I, I'm not interested in coming out of retirement. Obviously, I've got so many injuries. Uh, but, you know, I had a bit of a laugh with it. Now, to answer your question, I'm all for fighters, you know, being able to make money when they're done. Okay, because it's such a tough road. It is. And now I've been very lucky. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying I have been lucky. I've got, you know, I commentate for the UFC. I do a podcast about things going on. But that isn't the norm. Most fighters, when they retire, they step away. And it's yeah. it's a hard reality. You know, they're, they're no longer the center of attention. They don't walk out to 20,000 people. People are asking for autographs. And the money dries up pretty quickly. And then, you know, they're kind of on the scrappy. And unfortunately, some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to drugs. Some people, you know, they get very depressed. Um, so I will never sit here and judge a fighter 
that decides to come out of retirement to get another payday because they need it. The, 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 the reality is any fire that comes out of retirement to fight is because they need the money. They need the financial assistance. So I'm all for it, you know, but it is, it's a double-edged sword because there's yeah. a part of me that finds it very sad as well. There's a part of me that I don't want to say pity because that's a strong word. I'm not going to disrespect a fellow fighter like that, but there's a part of me that thinks, man, I wish their life was on a different trajectory that they didn't have to do that. Yeah. But still, I wish um, I, I wish them all the best. You know, Anderson Silva's a legend of the sport. And I don't think actually what I said applies to Anderson. I think Anderson has made tremendous amounts of money over the years, but he's a guy that just loves to fight, you know. And he even said himself this week, mixed martial arts is so hard. Boxing's a little easier. What he's referring to there is the training. Because let me tell you, I'm 42, right? And I, I went and did jiu-jitsu with my son last week. And my God, the next day, my word, <laughs> my word. would have thought I got jumped off a gang of lads yeah, down the mean streets of Blackburn. You would have thought I was walking walking through Hirecroft and got baseball batting. It wasn't good, right? But... but but boxing, and by the way, I'm, I'm not discredited boxing, but it's literally just punching and you can hit the bags and you can go for your runs and things like that. So the preparation for it is a little easier. But uh, hey, listen, I'll never judge a fighter that's going out there trying to make a few quid, even though sometimes they really shouldn't be doing it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. We talked about your eye just now. Um, what did you make last week of Billy Joe Saunders being pulled out against Saul Canelo Alvarez? And we've seen other fighters pulled out recently. Daniel Dubois over here against Joe Joyce. Obviously, you sacrificed an eye for your earnings, for your glory, for your family. Um, what do you think about fighters being pulled out? Do you, do you think it should be happening? I absolutely think it should be happening. Now... My injury happened after a fight. Oh, it happened during a fight, but I, I was only made aware of it after a fight. And I chose to cheat the system and continue. Billy Joe Saunders last week, you know, he was fighting the greatest pound for pound fighter possibly on the planet right now and suffered a broken orbital. Now, his corner was quick to call the fight, throwing the towel essentially, not verbally, but, you know, 
you know, theoretically threw in the towel. And I thought that was a fantastic thing. And I do believe that that is where boxing is ahead of mixed martial arts, ahead of the UFC. You know, the reality is maybe boxing is still ahead, maybe in the UK, I'm not sure, but pretty much around the world, certainly in the States, the UFC has taken over, taken over in many ways in terms of popularity, but it hasn't taken over in terms of certain criteria that protects the fighters. And what I'm talking about there is people, corners, throwing in the towel. In yeah. boxing, it happens yeah. all the time. You see it a lot. It is not, uh, maybe a lot isn't the right phrase, but you see it, it's not an uncommon thing to see. Mm-hmm. You're protecting your fighter. In mixed martial arts, I think we still got some catching up to do there. We don't see it very often in the UFC. In fact, Jason Perillo, who was my coach, he threw in the towel when BJ Penn, for George St. Pierre for the second time, the fight was not going his way and he was not going to turn it around. So Jason Perillo threw the towel in. I can't think of another example. I really can't. I'm sure there has been, but off the top of, off the top of my head, certainly after three vodkas, I can't think of one right now. <laughs> but, 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 but I do think that Billy Joe Saunders' coach did the right thing. And, and I do believe that when coaches do things like that, it comes from the right place. At the end of the day, you live to fight another day, all right? Yeah. That night was not the night of Billy Joe Saunders. It belonged to Canelo Alvarez. Well done to the champion. He's the champ for a reason. And Canelo gets a chance to go home, heal up, feel sorry for himself for a couple of weeks, then get back on the horse and try again. And had that gone another five rounds, who knows what would have happened. Mm. Well said. Well said, Absolutely man. right. Uh, listen, before we, uh, before we let you get off, um, we've spoken about this before. The resume stacked. There's names after names after names after names that have been uh, that you have been in the octagon with, um, and I don't know if there is an answer to this, but I'll ask you anyway. Is there a fight that got away? The the one that maybe you you would have wanted that necessarily didn't happen. Mm, good question, Adam. Good question. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys over the years. Yoel Romero was one name. Uh, Rich Franklin back in the early days was a guy that I wanted mm. to fight. But, but to be honest, uh, you know, the way my career turned out, I was happy. You know, if you go through my record, there's a lot Oof. of who's who of yeah. mixed martial arts. So, you know, I, I fought most guys. I'm happy with my career. I'm happy the way it turned out. You know, even given all the injuries, you know, it's all part of the journey, all part of the story. And I'm, 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 I, as I said at the start of this interview, when we first started talking, I decided to get into this so I could earn enough money to quit work down at the local factory at the slaughterhouse, go to college and become an electrician or a builder or a bricklayer. So it's far outweighed that. So I don't sit here and think about, oh, I wish I could afford that guy. I sit here, honestly, every day and I have to pinch myself because I'm living the dream. I mean, I work with you, Adam, on BT Sport. Gareth A. Davies, I've had the pleasure of working with you many times. I get to commentate the UFC. I'm coming to England. I'm doing this tour soon. By the way, that tour... It's going to be a laugh. I did it a couple of years ago in Canada. Everybody loved it. And I said, I've got to bring this to England. Uh, but obviously there was a pandemic happened and I'm a knucklehead. I get hit in the head for a living. So I don't have the best organization skills. Fortunately, I found some partners and they, uh, they're better organized than me. So we're bringing it to England. And uh, the, the demand was so strong that we had to add Birmingham as well. So to answer your question, yeah, there the, the really isn't. But while I've got you, before I let you go, I just want to say, Gareth, Thank you for everything you do for combat sports in the UK. You have covered the sport of the UFC and boxing diligently throughout your career. And honestly, I believe that all the fighters and the, the public owe you a debt of gratitude. And Adam Catchell, I've got to say, pleasure, absolute pleasure working with you on BT Sport. You do a fantastic job. So the pair of you, there you go. 
well done. He's definitely uh, he's definitely had a vodka, Gareth. He's definitely on the vodkas now. I here, believe you, me. <laughs> that, that's a that's a believe you me moment from the count that's right it. there. There <laughs> Listen, thank Mike, you, mate. Thank you so much for being on the show, my man. Obviously, we'll speak tomorrow off the back of UFC two six two tonight. I, I've just seen your Instagram story. Are you doing karaoke, mate? Is that what you're up to today? Yeah. Well, they call it Family Feud out here in America, but it's Family Fortune. So right. <laughs> they're the best people, but they throw these elaborate parties. So we had Family Fortunes in this restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and we're bisping to the reigning champions. I don't know how, because, because I don't know nothing about anything other than fighting. <laughs> we're, we're the reigning champions. I'm going to get back in there. I'm going to have a couple more vodkas. I'm going to watch the fights and have a catch on see in the morning. And That's Gareth it. A. Davis, next time I'm over... We'll have another night out, my friend. There you have it. Michael Bispin coming to the UK this October. London, Birmingham, Manchester and Glasgow. If that little conversation has inspired you to go and watch Tales from the Octagon, an evening with Michael Bispin, head to myticket.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast via iTunes or via the TalkSport website. And I'll catch you next time. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 